Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Cooldown Time. My name is Marco. I am your graphically outdated host. Joining me is Pablo, the technical mess of the show. Uh, Pablo, how's your week been going, man? Yeah, it's been uh, another one of those weeks where uh, work has been pretty frustrating. Uh, it don't let me play games. What? It's like responsibilities. Ah, you suck. You know, whatever adult time shit. And it's like, come on, man. Can I just play some video games? Do you even get a break able to, to play re- games anymore or no? Mm, I pl- oh, I play games. That's just not not t- not <laughs> not the way I want to play games, especially with like uh, with with some games that we're going to talk about today. I, I want to get more in depth. Uh, luckily, one of them is on the Switch, so it's, it's coming with me. But uh, but yeah, but other than that, man, life is life. Things are happening. Uh, can't complain, will complain, all the good stuff. Yeah. How about you, man? How's it going? No, it's been going pretty good, man. Uh, pretty pretty low-key week for the most part. Uh, did a little bit of, uh, you know, birthday shopping uh, at the start of the week. Um, oh, yeah, man. Then, Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Um, so got that done. Got a new couch. So getting my adulting life together a little bit at a time here. So, you know, getting my furnishings fuck on. Fuck your couch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why I don't invite <laughs> you over. You can't come. Um <laughs> Yeah, but no, I just uh, you know had a pretty solid week. Uh, went axe throwing with a special someone, so that was a nice little time right. uh, for for the birthday business. And uh, hey, let me yeah. let me kind of stop you. Let me stop you there. Axe throwing is that like any fun? Because I always see that, and I'm like, I don't know if that's actually fun. Uh, am I gonna get hurt? Because I'm pretty clumsy. Oh well, I, I'm worried about your well being. Regardless, I mean, I'm worried about you when you walk to your damn car because you might walk into <laughs> it. So I mean, you throwing things, I don't know how that's gonna go. But hey, it, it, uh, you know, we were we were children throwing uh uh what was it using a crossbow in the empty refrigerator box in the cul-de-sac like. Yeah, well, my sister and brother are are riding circles around in the cul-de-sac <laughs> and their bicycles, and nobody stopped us. What were our parents? Don't forget about the ninja stars that I bought from the flea market um, <laughs> over in St. Cloud, which is the countryest place in the world you would <laughs> never expect to be able to buy uh, full-blown oh ninja God. stars. But, you know, hey, we, hey, you, you were know. just chucking them shits. Hey, man. But no, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, I, I, I hadn't done it ever up until about a year and a half ago or so, um, and mm. it was great. It was uh it it's it's really it's not that hard to learn and you know you'd be surprised at like how easy it is to kind of hit the target um but you know it's 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 like bowling you know like you're going to sh- it's like you know getting a gutter ball and laughing it off it's not it's it's just a good time but you know um most of the time it's just, the, the place that, that that we go to is a place that used to be actually be a strip club so it's uh oh, okay. the vibe in there is kind of is is kind of unique. <laughs> um, but no, it's a lot of fun, man. So uh, yeah, I actually the vibe is doing unique. It. it is unique. Uh, no, there's no more stripper poles in there or anything like that. Because you know, if there oh, was, so. I'd have been dancing. But uh, <laughs> and there would have been a, a dancer called Unique for sure as well. <laughs> uh, I go by Sapphire. Anyways, okay, so fantastic bad. show lined up this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, lots of stuff to get into. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be. Uh, 
We're going to be going after game developers a little bit this week, Pablo. Now, of course, all in good fun. Uh, But in the main event of the show later on, we are going to be calling out some of the typical lies and PR BS that we typically hear from good old developers out there. Uh, So we're going to get to that. And I will be showing them my butthole. Oh, what? What? (laughs) Isn't that what somebody did? did Somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah, (laughs) I don't remember that. So you just sounded really random. Okay, so, so to explain it, there was a, uh, unfortunately, oh. I was just joking, unfortunately, there was a guy who sent developers a, a picture of his asshole because he was upset about something about a video game. He sent the anus at them. <laughs> he really did. It was bad. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice if you had given us that little refresher before you went straight to the joke because yeah, everybody was just... Like, guys, I got a joke, but let me go ahead and fill, it in, fill in the blanks a little bit here. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah, you're going to have to next time. That was... Uh, Cross my legs again. Um, but look, that's going on in the main event of the show. Uh, also, we got some stuff to talk about with the Nintendo Partner Direct. Uh, Xbox finally seeing some of those PS5 uh, releases get announced. Uh, and some Elden Ring stuff and some new games we're playing too. So we got a lot to get into. Let's jump right into the first segment of the show dedicated to the games we've been playing that we call Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. So we have some interesting stuff to talk about this week. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first here. Um, so a game that I've had my eye on ever since it was announced uh, is a game called Pacific Drive. It is a game that is uh, essentially a console exclusive for PS5. It's also available on PC, of course. Um, and I saw it at one of the state of plays. And for some reason, the game just kind of grabbed my interest. Uh, didn't really hear a lot of people talking about it, uh, especially up to the release uh, not too long ago. But uh, I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and pre-order this thing. And uh, when it comes out, I just I have a good feeling that I'm going to get a really good time here. And essentially what Pacific Drive is, it is a game that is set in uh, 1998, and it takes place in the Olympic Peninsula in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, basically, the background is that back in the 1940s, the Olympic Peninsula became this staging ground for some kind of strange new technology that was being tested out uh, with all kinds of like creations happening, but nobody knew what specifically was going on. But as time went on, Uh, There were weird sightings and evacuations, disappearances, and just weird supernatural stuff that was going on. Um, And so after a while, I guess the place became unstable and the government decided to sort of wall off the entire area that they did this testing in and called it an exclusion zone in the 50s. And then for like 30 years later... That they kept having to like make this exclusion area bigger and bigger and bigger because these anomalies kept getting worse and worse. And finally, it just became a don't go here at all costs type of place. And so mm. one thing leads to another and your character uh, ends up getting sucked into inside of this exclusion zone where all these weird supernatural anomalies are happening. And you're, 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 the premise of the game is essentially for you to escape. So to do that, you have this car that you have that has um, all these different things that you can kind of use to craft, um, you know, things for it to make it more functional on the road. And the game is essentially set up to be like a roguelike in a sense where you have to sort of chart a path through this weird, ever-changing 
uh, area in this exclusion zone to figure out how to get the hell out. And along the way, you have to do a lot of survival elements. You have to craft things. You have to sort of build and repair things on your car. Um, so it's a very intensive game in that sense. Um, and so the premise to me was really interesting. Uh, and I really got into and bought into the world and the aesthetics and all the supernatural stuff going on. But um, after putting about an hour and a half into it, I realized that the survival mechanics that this game does is really, really intensive to the point where it's, I think it's out of balance with the premise of the game, particularly it's really about the car and about the driving and about the trekking through this weird territory to get out. And it stops you all the time. You spend more time in the early stages of the game. You spend more time out of the car like, you know, scrapping and looking for materials. And it's one of those things where it's very No Man's Sky, like where you have to craft this in order to craft that so that you can craft this thing so that Ooh. you can proceed. And, and a lot of that looking for resources stuff is such a slog. And I didn't really know it was going to be that bad. I knew that I knew that element was going to be in the game. So I was prepared for it. I just didn't know that I'd be spending a lot of time rummaging more so than actually driving, which was what I wanted to do. So... I think they have a little bit of work cut out for them in terms of maybe through patch updates or some, you know, options you can toggle on and off perhaps to kind of lessen the load with a lot of that stuff because it just gets too crazy after a while. It's one thing to kind of repair tires and, you know, swap out headlights and siphon fuel, but then it gets to a point where it's asking you to do a lot of things that, you know, do this in order to do that in order to do this in order to do that. And it just gets it gets to a point where mentally I just can't, I can't compute all of that. Um, so yeah. it, it, it is a very disorganized rendition of a survival game, in my opinion. And it's really disappointing because I think the world yeah. and the core premise of this is so dope. It, it fits right into what I like. It's got a little bit of that remedy weirdness to it also, which I really dig as well. But the gameplay is just not what it was billed as being, which was a, a car PG survival roguelike drive survive kind of thing. It, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of start, stop, start, stop. And it's just not fun. It really isn't fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really skeptical of this game when it first got announced and, and seeing the subsequent kind of like, you know, uh, people playing and the impressions. However, I will say a lot of the reviews that I saw kind of shocked me in, in, in terms of how good the game looked and the premise itself is such a good premise. But then yeah. I did see how a lot of people were like, hey, I'm really surprised that this game is a lot more survival than I thought it would be. And I did see some like ACGs of the world kind of show certain aspects in terms of crafting. And I'm like, oh, that is so much like yeah. working on the car. I was like, I, that that that's what I was afraid of. However... I, I would have to eat crow if if it push came to shove because everything about this game looks absolutely great. Oh, it like is, I was yeah. I was not expecting the premise itself is so cool. Like driving through those little uh, gate, those little um, teleporting gates, and, and getting home stuff like that. That stuff is like oh my god, that's like that's an amazing kind of uh, concept there. And unfortunately. I'm not going to say it's hampered because it is specifically made to be a survival game, but it's just those type of games that aren't really working. Um, it don't work for me. Right. I will say, though, games like this and, and a game that I'll talk about to uh, I'm going to talk about later makes the roguelike uh, genre less um, 
icky for me because I, I I hate roguelikes, but I'm finding myself that if done correctly, they could be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think they made a bad game here. I think, you know, for it, this really is a matter of personal taste where I, I think j- the gameplay just doesn't speak to me. I can definitely see a lot of people who are into this type of stuff really getting into the trenches with it and enjoying a lot of the depth that it has to offer. I guess I was just kind of looking for something more straightforward. And I that always brings me to a crossroads with a lot of games like these because I wish there was more um, like difficulty choices. Like, give me a story mode where I don't have to worry about this stuff. Now, granted, they do give some accessibility options and gameplay options that can make a lot of things easier about the game. But most of those options don't really cut out a lot of the the resources that you have to find and the crafting components. Like a lot of that just isn't going to go away. Um, so I wish there was ways to kind of circumvent that so I can just appreciate the story. Um, but unfortunately, that's not available right now. So maybe through right. patches in the future, they'll they'll address that stuff and make things more accessible. Because, you know, frankly, I hate to be so pessimistic, but I, I would be surprised if a lot of people finish this game just because of how daunting it gets after a certain point. Um, so I would imagine they're going to have to do something to kind of lighten the load a little bit. But nevertheless, yeah. if it is your kind of thing, if you're into survival crafting games, this is a very unique uh, rendition of that that might interest you. But if you're more of like, hey, I kind of wanted more of a roguelike experience or I wanted to appreciate the story more, uh, <laughs> you're going to be fighting through a lot to get there. So yeah, unfortunately, not really uh, a game that worked out for me. So Another disappointment for me in the 2024 crop of games, man. But um, that brings me to the next thing I'm playing, uh, which is uh, more of the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo. But I checked back in with it uh, to check out the the new patch that dropped for it, which is very strange. They don't norm- you don't normally see patches for demos come out, but a lot of um, outcry was was uh, given to Square regarding the performance mode uh, looking really really bad visually. And so they pledged to patch it in the next update for the demo, which also added some new stuff to the demo content-wise that you can do, which I didn't experience. I, I, yeah, I really just that. wanted to come in and check out the, the performance improvement. Uh, it looks worse. What? It looks worse. Oh, yeah. what did they try to do? From what I understand, it seems like they added this coat of like a sharpening filter over top of oh the image God. that was already bad from the original demo. And what that did was it does make a teeny tiny difference in clarity, but it's so minuscule that it doesn't even look like side by side you can you really can't tell them apart. And the other problem oh is the other problem is the sharpening filter also creates a lot of like flickery artifacting like like glitchy looking yeah, yeah. flickery stuff like when you look at trees and when you see like you know the sky through the trees it looks very like flickery so it's doing a yeah, lot of that West had an issue like that yeah dude it's just first. like that it's it's actually just like that so it's pretty damn ugly um it's uh now i've i have some settings on my tv that do some like auto sharpening stuff on its own that i mitigates it for me personally so it's more playable um, more tolerable, I should say, but you know, ultimately, I think it's like it's it's a really f- screwed up trade off, right? Because like you have the bad looking performance mode, but it runs at a great frame rate. Quality mode looks fantastic. 
The problem is there's no motion blur still, even after this latest patch. Mm-hmm. So it, it is very much a juddery slideshow to the eyes. Um, even when you adjust to 30 frames, it still looks a little chippy. So it is, it's like, uh, you know, pick your poison essentially uh, for, for the graphics options, which is really unfortunate. I- and I know some concessions have to be made because the game is, you know, essentially an open world game now. So I understand that. But the fact that the 30 frames, um, the the quality mode doesn't even have a blur. Uh, and, and then you're looking at the actual performance mode being even worse. How about facially? Does does cloud still look like it's a cloud wearing a cloud mask? <laughs> Yeah, it kind of still looks the same in that sense. Now, when it's up close in cinematics, it looks better. Uh, the sharpening oh, yeah. the sharpening filter does make hair look a little bit more dithery, though. Uh, so take that for what you will. But um, yeah, it's it didn't really improve on a whole lot. So it's kind of a head scratcher. I don't know what they're what they're trying to do, um, and I don't know if we're going to get another patch or if they're just going to kind of shrug it off and go, oh, "I'll wait for the pro version of the PS5, and you can play a better version of this." Then I, I don't know, but. It's uh, it's you know. Fortunately, the game is at a ninety-three on Open Critic, which was actually my prediction. So I got two points for that. So the game itself sounds it like did. it's it's going to be incredible. But the caveat of it looking kind of ass in performance mode is really kind of it's a bummer. Oh, when you got a game that that's reviewing like that visually and that kind of stuff is essentially like the cherry on top. And if yeah. that's missing, it kind of loses a little bit that luster that you had for. But I, I'm still excited for the game. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to do it for me. Other than that, yeah, just playing more Helldivers 2 uh, in between other stuff. Uh, Dying Light 2 came out on Game Pass, so I, I circled back to that. I'm actually having a pretty fun time playing that game uh, compared to my first run with it. So I think I just De- have... Dead Island? Uh, what did I say? Dying Light. Oh, Dying Light. Yeah, Dead Island 2, my bad. I always yeah. get those two screwed up in my head. But uh, yeah, yeah, still um, having a good time with it. Yeah, I don't have any expectations yep. like I did the first time around, so I think I'm just enjoying it for the dumb fun that it is. And uh, I, I think that game was super fun. Yeah. It just gets a little repetitive towards like then. Yeah, most certainly. Uh, but it is yeah. a beautiful looking game, man. Coming back to it, it sure I'm like, is. wow, this is pretty. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I got going on this week, dude. How about you? Yeah, nothing. Just playing pretty much my game of the year. Uh, it's it's kind of what I'm... Hold <laughs> up. Final Fantasy ain't out yet, sir. Well, I mean, look, the game I'm talking about, and if and if you're uh, and if you've been on social media lately, you've probably heard about this game. It's called Bellatro. Cilantro? What you talking about? Cilantro? No, man, it's called Bellatro. Bellatro. That that means professional jester. For those um, who want to know what that 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 ridiculous name means, look. I want to start off uh, by saying that this game uh, sees me. This game knows me. Uh, this game is a Pablo-ass game. It scratches a niche I didn't know I had, so on and so forth. But before you go rush out to buy it, let me kind of give you a little bit of rundown as to what this game is. This game is a deck-building roguelike. You hear that? Everybody groaning and, and, and kind of, right. I'm losing them. I'm losing them. Uh, it, it, look, this game speaks to my analytical side of my brain and the degenerate gambling side of my brain in ways that I feel like it's pure euphoria when I'm playing it. And so basically what you do is is the concept of the game is you're playing poker hands. And 
There are things called blinds in poker. For those of you who 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 are who know poker, thing called blinds. Mm-hmm. Those are essentially the boss of the game, and you have to beat the blind by doing your combination of poker hands that you play. The thing that makes this game amazing and and fun to play are the Joker cards. That's why the game is called Bellatro. These Joker cards completely change the way you play the game. It adds specific multipliers. For example, if you play less than three cards times 20 multiplier on that. And so it kind of changes the way you you, want to actually approach the game. And it might not seem like this is a game that is is anything special, but what it does is it takes the concept of poker and then it kind of turns it on its head. So it, it, it adds additional layers to that. And so it's, it's a game that I kind of, uh, compared to like grindstone when it came out or Marvel snap, where it, it really just focuses on your, on your style of play and then tries to force you to play differently. And while you, while you do that, it really kind of, it really opens up like this puzzle within the game itself that it, the game's not really trying to, to do that, but because you're trying to score the most amount of points, you're then not gaming the actual system by, okay, I have these two things. I'm going to discard one card to get a new card from my deck. And so there's a whole bunch of things going on at one time. And it really just, it's really just an amazing, uh, an amazing, uh, experience because I'm just, I'm lining these things up and, 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 and racking up all these points and seeing that multiple go off and seeing thousands of points go on the board it's just something to, to do it's like it's it's just really hard to explain because I've, I've had people on on twitter ask me what's so special about this game and it's like hey it's poker but better i guess is is, is the concept here but i just i love i love this game i i love you know getting my deck out having all those cards out setting up my next move Putting a Joker card down that is different, that's going to change the way I think about my specific uh, my specific run, and so on and so forth. It, it, it has that roguelike uh, uh, thing to it where every new run has new Joker cards, which change the game for the, for better or worse. It really depends on, on the Joker card itself. But it, it's just one of those games where I'm really enjoying my time with it, and it's it's a game that I can't put down. I have it on the Switch. I'm playing handheld, and, and I'm just going through the motions every time I play this game. I I I. I would say, and this sounds a little crazy, that I get the same kind of euphoric feeling when I'm playing the game as if I'm playing Elden Ring and I beat a very difficult boss. Like you know how that that you get that 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 that, that joyous feeling of I did it, I finally got through that. I feel like that every time that I, I'm getting to a new level and it's like six thousand points to, to beat the blind and it seems impossible, and then I add up all these multipliers put out my deck, put out the cards that I want to play and play those perfectly and beautifully to get me to those points. It just, it's a, it's, it's just a, a it's pure elation, honestly. It's, I don't know if there's any game that's going to kind of, uh, beat it because of just, it's a pure fun. And, and that's, again, I've always said that on the show, there's something to be said about fun. And this game is all about that. Have you, have you heard about this game at all, Marco? I didn't know Besides it my, no, I my, no. I, I mean, I once I saw reviews go up and people were talking about it, I started, I looked into it, but yeah, it didn't seem like something that would like really captivate me. And I like poker, um, but just you know, it didn't really speak to me at this point. Maybe I'll try it down the line or something uh, in the future. I think if you if you like poker and you have at very least cursory knowledge of, of poker, this is game. This game is going to be fun for you. Very fun. Um, maybe it won't it won't be as addictive as as to you as it is to me, but 
it, it definitely is is a game that I can't really stop playing. Honestly, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of taking over my life uh, because it's on Switch handheld. I'm sitting down. I bought Joy Cons, new Joy Cons, and I didn't like the Joy Cons, so I bought the official Joy Cons just to play Bellatro. I have a problem. I'm obsessed. Mm. So there you go. But I, I'm loving the game. Balan Wonderworld. Uh, I like it. Was that Balan Wonderworld? Wonderworld. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you in the streets when I see you. Uh, the next game I'm playing here is another game that kind of I'm not sure if it's shadow dropped. Uh, I don't know if this date was already set, but during the Nintendo Direct, Penny's Big Breakaway uh, was out. Now um, it was one of my most anticipated games of the year. Uh, it comes from the devs, uh, Evening Star, that made the best Sonic game of all time, Sonic Mania. Everybody can cry about that. Uh, this this time they took a different approach, a 3D platformer with a yo-yo mechanic. Um, and, and you know it's not a complete disaster of a game, but it's unfortunately it's one of those games that I had high hopes for, and it doesn't quite hit those marks that I was wanting it to. It's it's a very good fixed 3D, uh, a very fixed uh, very fixed camera 3D platformer, so you can't cha- move the camera around. Uh, has all the things you expect. The yo-yo mechanic is really cool. It acts as your main weapon in form of, of traversal. Not surprising coming from the dev that made the Sonic game. The, the game, if there's a big focus on speed. So fighting off enemies and stringing together a combination of traversal moves and, and combat moves all in one swoop is, is, is kind of like the, the way you, you should be playing this game. Uh, the controls are snappy, intuitive, uh, but they do take some time to get used to. For those of you who see this game and think, hey, this is a game that I could play with my kids, there is a, uh, a control scheme that's very basic uh, because it does have, it's definitely going for that whimsical, it's definitely going for the kids for sure in terms of uh, trying to entice them to play the game. It, it does check to, check off a lot of those boxes, but I, I'm not a fan of the art style. I find the character design to kind of be off-putting and level design pretty simplistic, and at times it's uninspiring. Um, I, I love the traversal and the platforming, but the forced perspective camera can sometimes get in the way. So if the camera is at a weird angle and I'm trying to perform a specific jump, I can't see the the actual platform up front and so it feels a little bit weird and I can't make those jumps as precise as I want them. There isn't a lot of precise quote-unquote jumping, but there are moments that does require that and the camera just completely gets in the way of that. Um, so that that's a big level of disappointment for me uh, when it comes to the game. Uh, it's not a bad game by any stretch. It does a lot of what it promised. It's just, unfortunately for me, it's not what I thought it would be. I, I thought it would be a little bit more fluid. I thought it'd be more Astrobot, you know, um, mm. Astro's Playroom type. It, it kind of is that a little, but to a lesser extent. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of the Sackboy game. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of it, it reminds me a lot of that. Uh, but the, the yo-yo mechanic does add a level of complexity to, to, to everything that is interesting. Uh, but ultimately, it's just not really hitting for me. And, you know, this first half of the year is filled with so many games like vying for my attention that if you're not if you're not grabbing me early on, unfortunately, it's not a game that I'm going to continue playing. But, you know, it, it's a, it's disappointing because it, it's definitely a game that I, I, I talked up a lot. I, I really was looking forward to it. I thought it was going to be just like this, uh, this revelation in the 3D platforming uh, space, which you know is dominated by the Mario's, and, and very few, far and few between, do you get a different game uh, that 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 delivers. And this for me just doesn't deliver in the ways that I wanted it to. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I guess, uh, you know, it's it, it wasn't a game that I ever had on my radar, but I did, I think I did, you know, express concern about, you know, okay, you know, you did some Sonic stuff that was cool, but how about your original project and your original ideas instead of yeah. taking something that's already established and making that better? And I guess it kind of unfortunately did what I thought it was going to do, which was maybe not be great. Uh, but, well, yeah. I think I am in the minority in my kind of in the way that I feel about it. Well, I don't see a lot of reviews up your, about it either, which is weird. Yeah, because I think it did shadow drop because I was I, I wasn't sure, and then I think Metacritic has a few, but not enough for a yeah. score. But Open Critic doesn't have any up yet. Um, so uh, we'll see how that that turns out. I, I, I'm curious to see if, if the way I feel is kind of the way that that most people feel though i have seen previews before and people were just absolutely glowing about this game um that made me even more excited and, and, and in turn made me even more disappointed when i actually got my hands on the game gotcha all right then yeah um so i think that's gonna do it for loadouts this week let's go ahead and dive right into the new segment of the show that we call hit points for breaking news rumors and booty juice it's time for hit points all right, so we got uh, quite a stacked little list of things here to talk about, Pablo, and we're going to start things off by talking about a little old game called Elden Ring because uh, the reveal of the Shadow of the Erd Tree expansion uh, happened, and uh, we've got some details about what this is going to entail. Uh, we we found out that it's going to be launching in June on the twenty first, to be specific, for thirty nine ninety nine. Uh, and pre-orders are already live for that. Uh, it's going to be taking place in a new location that is larger than the map of Limgrave. For those of you who played the game, you'll know what I mean by that. Uh, it's got over 10 new boss fights, plus some brand new weapons, equipment, and skills. Uh, Miyazaki claims that some of the bosses will be similar to the Millennia fight uh, from the base game in terms of difficulty. And um, unfortunately, there's no other plans for any additional DLC or even an Elden Ring 2 for the time being. But that is kind of the... The, the lay of the land as far as what we know of this uh this thing so pablo um you know elden ring was a game that both of us really enjoyed when it came out spoke very highly of it on the show now that we know more about shadow of the earth tree i'm curious to know how you're feeling and what stands out to you yeah i'm super excited for it i mean i think the price point is 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 you know ind- indicative at least i'm i'm hoping of the you know of how big this expansion is and it is it almost feels like with, with the fact that it is taking place in a whole different area feels almost like you know like a 1.5 almost a two you know of of what this game is trying to trying to achieve uh, i'm i'm excited man i i think elden ring for me is one of it's it's my favorite souls like game um from 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 software <laughs> but uh yeah i i a lot of what what i saw looked really good i always think it's curious and i think it's funny that these these trailers focus so much on the story of 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 the of the game and everything that's happening it's being narrated and you're like oh my god it's so interesting and you know damn well once you jump into that game ain't none of that shit gonna come through because you have to read that shit you gotta (laughs) you you, you gotta contextually absorb it uh i guess uh so it's that stuff where it's like i do wish and i and i looked it up and i was trying to see like maybe they're, they're they're leaning more on the narrative part of it nowhere does it say that they're doing that at all which is not shocking but I will say I'm I'm very pleased with everything that I saw, the ten new bosses. Uh, you know that that that's exciting. The the fact that some are like millennia type in terms of difficulty, not so exciting. Uh, but I, I'm eager to jump back in. 
Um, I was kind of hoping like, you know, he would be a little more committal. He did say he's interested in doing more Elden Ring, but I, I would hope that he would, would at this point be like, yeah, we're definitely doing it. And so the fact that he, he was kind of, yeah, I'd like to do it, but we'll see what happens. It just go, shows that, that if we do get an Elden Ring, it'll be two. We do get an Elden Ring two. It'll be pretty far off. But everything I'm seeing is, it, it just feels like more Elden Ring. And to me, that's, that's good. Um, I, I'm curious to, to, to kind of, uh, ask you because i thought and maybe this is just me or maybe it's just the trailer uh it looked better uh graphically it had it had a little bit more flair to it it looked a little uh a little bit more uh, a little gra- the, the graphics looked a little bit more up i guess I, I don't know maybe that's just kind of the way that they cut the trailer and showing a lot of cutscenes. but how about you man i know that you also uh, enjoyed a lot of elden ring so what did you think about the reveal yeah you know um I gotta be honest. I, I I wasn't really all that jazzed to be to be honest oh. with you. Um, you know, a, a couple episodes back, we talked about games that we don't really love as much anymore, and I did put Elden Ring on that list. Um, I think that hindsight for me, Elden Ring is a fantastic game. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I do think that there were a lot of deficiencies with some of the aspects of that game from a technical standpoint, uh, narrative standpoint, for sure. Uh, and just a lot of the obtuse, clunky ways of doing certain things, especially when you're doing PvP type of stuff or co-op type of stuff, just you know, felt a little bit dated and behind on the times. Um, and I, I guess with the trailer for Shadow of the Earth Tree, and I'm I know I'm in the minority in saying this. It, I guess you're right in that it does feel like more of the same. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting scenery and things look really beautiful and uh, the, the, the ethereal atmosphere of that game is just unmatched and I really appreciate it for that. But I guess beyond that, it just kind of felt like more of the same, but not in an exciting way for me. It's like, you know, I'm listening to this stuff they're saying narratively in the game, in the, in the game trailer for it. And I'm like, yeah, this just sounds like more of the same cryptic gobbledygook that makes zero sense to me um miyazaki was doing interviews about some of the the little story cues that are in the game's trailer and he's like you know this means this and this means that and i still have no idea what he was talking about and i tried i tried so hard to really understand what was happening in this world and it's just too difficult and i'm a story guy so it's not like games with dense stories go over my head very often it just felt like more of the same there um the bosses look you know, it's like they look as epic as ever, you know, like they look beastly mm-hmm. and weird. And, you know, it's definitely t- hitting all the same notes that I think Elden Ring uh, base game did. And so um, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like, oh, my God, this looks like the next step forward for Elden Ring by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think the one thing that did impress me most was seeing some of the the newer weapons and fight i guess like weapon classes there there there's new weapon classes in the game too and so i think that could be interesting in terms of kind of freshening up some of the gameplay a little bit um and giving people some new stuff to try out to you know try different types of builds and subclasses out there and i think that could be an interesting thing to kind of dig into um but overall i guess i just kind of feel a little ho-hum about it uh i i don't know if i'm really interested in getting it i might wait till reviews drop and see what people think about it first before i take the plunge because i think for 40 bucks again i kind of want to see how much game there is for a price like that number one and number two i want to see if there's anything that really sets this apart from the base game in a meaningful way 
So that's kind of yeah. where I'm landing so far. Um, last thing I'll say, though, as far as like no additional plans for DLC or Elden Ring 2, uh, they did actually uh, obtain the rights to the Elden Ring IP from Bandai Namco. So it mm-hmm. does sound like they have plans for Elden Ring as a franchise in the future. Uh, we've heard rumblings of like mobile stuff potentially happening, maybe even adaptations maybe down the line. Who can, who can say for sure? But I don't think this is the last we'll see of Elden Ring in general, but maybe this will be the last we see of Elden Ring games for a while. Um, but it, yeah. hopefully this DLC plus the base game will give people plenty of stuff to hold themselves over until the next game. Yeah, and I, and I and I and I really do wish that they do stuff more with, with the story. And I know that you know it's probably not going to happen with the DLC, but just like the way they talked about certain aspects of it and how potentially I think uh, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but in terms of how they uh, teased it that you're going to be able to go inside. Uh, one of the I think it's called the Halic Tree, and like and explore the 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 Earth Trees like roots and all that stuff. So it's like that's interesting because you know you always saw that thing from afar and being able to actually explore it from the inside. Yeah, would be it seems like an interesting thing to do. But you know I I I, I when you see those trailers, especially this one, it's like the way they're talking about it, it is gobbledygook, but it's it, it, they are creating like a lore that I wish that when you play the game. You know, it did a lot like Lies of P, where it it, it told you a story uh, a little bit more front facing than just kind of exploring and understanding by a thing you read six hours ago about the inside of the earth tree and what this actually means now, just based on something you might have to remember. It's it, it just that kind of storytelling is is isn't great at all, obviously. And there's so much stuff here, like the Imperian Makila, and 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 I was like, I I don't even remember that character. Like, I I what are you what are you talking about? Like, it's it's it, there's so much stuff, so much information for a game that tells you so little uh, when you're playing mm-hmm. it that it just it's just always like they're so obsessed with the with the lore and world building. But when you actually play the game, it's like. I guess it's here, but it's not really front facing, which is weird because they want every trailer is about the Earth Tree and 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 the and the and the land obscured by the Earth Tree and, and the land of the shadow and all that stuff and yeah, none of that like, okay, is sure. Yeah, it's like <laughs> great, cool, man. But like, can I get a little more context when I'm playing the game? But regardless, uh, just based on pure gameplay, exploration, more dungeons, they said that they're working on certain aspects of transitioning from dungeons in and out into the open world is going to be a little different it's going to be a little more um seamless so that's pretty cool as well so there's definitely be some kind of technical updates here uh i just i I just hope that it's it's enough to where not necessarily that it feels like a new game but it feels like an advancement of the original uh release so we'll see if that happens yeah well stay tuned for sure people are definitely excited Mm -hmm. about it uh and are are pre-ordering as we speak so uh hoping it turns out great looking forward to checking it out uh one way or another later this year uh but pablo let's move on to the next item on our hit points discussion topics this week gotta talk about xbox again uh because guess what xbox has officially announced that Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves are indeed launching on PlayStation 5. Hi-Fi Rush will launch on PS5 on March 19th, while Sea of Thieves will arrive on PS5 on April 30th. So, now that we know what's coming to PS5 specifically, and I think Pentiment also came out as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, and Grounded, I think, as well is coming. Yeah, yeah, so I think they're getting the full the full suite here. Uh, yeah. So, so when you think about you know now that we are, have officially you know found out not only what the games are but some of the release dates here, 
How well do you think these games are going to sell when they launch on PlayStation 5? Do you think there's high potential here or, 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 or no? Why or why not? Yeah, there's potential. I mean, you got you got PlayStation Five, which is you know the market leader, has the most consoles out there, the most players. I think that they're gonna see, at the very least, a net positive. Now, will this be like, oh my God, Hi-Fi Rush is the best-selling game of the month for? No, I don't think we'll see that. I do think that it will kind of revitalize the life of, of a game like Grounded and Sea of Thieves, with which they announced had like 30 million players, you know, across in terms of, of, of players, not in the moment, but total that's played the game itself. So I think that that number will definitely increase. I, I personally know a few people who are PS5 uh, owners who um who don't own the Xbox own PC and 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 they have played Sea of Thieves and and they want to play with their friends on PS5 and they're excited about this announcement specifically with those games as service so I I'm I'm curious to see what that does I just don't think a game like Hi-Fi Rush or Pentiment is really going to move the needle in terms of like oh my God uh you know this game went from three million sold to Twenty million sold, or even eight million sold. I think it'll 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 get a few more you know sales in there. I think it will move the needle for for Xbox in terms of giving it a little bit more uh, you know financial backing to, to whatever they want to do next. But I don't know. I I, I see these games like we we, thought, we did talk about this in last week's episode where it feels like a weird thing where they're talking about well, let's test these games out to see how they do on the system. But these games aren't really big time sellers to begin with and, and see it these is such an old game six-year-old game so i'm not exactly sure what they're gonna get from this in terms of information you know of gathering that information in terms of whether it's worth releasing more of their games on on other systems but i mean i do think that there's going to be an uptick to a certain extent it's just not going to be this massive ground swelling of oh my god now this now this game is is selling incredibly well like it never sold before it's just, you know i i don't see that at all but i do see some of the games that service definitely uh you know getting some more life put back into them because they'll have a bigger player base to, to now uh play from now do you know if and i don't know if they, if they mentioned if see it these and and and, and grounded is cross-platform it'd be insane if it wasn't is it cross-platform with xbox i thought it was but i mean i'm not a hundred percent but i i definitely feel like i remember hearing cross-platform especially when we talk yeah. about the nintendo versions but um yeah. but yeah i mean for me i gotta be honest i i think um i don't know if these games are gonna really sell all that well dude i don't know i have a I don't think they're going to be terrible. I think Hi-Fi Rush to me probably has the highest potential to sell pretty good because it's it's normally $30. Um, you know, when you buy online, even for the Xbox version, that's what it launched at. Um, so if they keep that same price point, I think it should be okay. Um, as far as sales, but not great. I, I when it comes to Sea of Thieves, I I don't know. Like first of all, they don't have a price set for that yet. You can only wish list it on PlayStation 5 right now. So I don't know what they're planning to do with that from a pricing standpoint, but I would imagine like if you want this thing to kind of go places, you can't really sell it for a lot. I mean, you might even have to keep or it at all. You might even have to make it like, yeah, I was going to say, well, I, don't, I doubt they'll make it free to play, but 20 bucks, maybe 30. I can't see them realistically going past that and hoping for a lot of success. The game is old. You know what I mean? And honestly, with, you know, 
the hell divers of the world kind of doing its thing. And you're, you're also putting CFVs in a new market when, you know, they can just go play Fortnite. They can just go play Warzone. They can play apex. They have all these different other live service games they can play. Um, I don't know if it's going to really grab on. I really don't think it is. Um, it's 40 bucks right now on, on steam and Xbox. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of wishful thinking. Um, I'm sure that'll be, there'll be a little bit of a bump. You know, I'm sure there will be. And I'm sure that even, you know, Xbox owners will maybe, you know, decide, oh, well, you know, now that it's coming on a PlayStation, maybe it reminds me, maybe I should come back to it and try it again or something. And maybe they'll download it and maybe there'll be a little uptick in player count for a while. But I can't really see anything they're putting on PlayStation 5 really making a splash. Uh, this all feels very, it feels very meek in its, in its whole strategy. It's kind of why I was like, on Phil Spencer sort of like using these games as the test bed for future third party releases. Like what are you hoping to really glean from seeing how the sea of thieves performs? It's a six year old game, you know, like hi-fi rush and even is grounded. Yeah. Grounded. You know, it, it, these are all like either niche games or old games, you know? So it's like, what are we, what are we trying to figure out here? So I, I gotta be honest. I mean, some people, I, I'm seeing some people online going, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy hi-fi rush on PS five day one. Um, now I will say I can understand if you want to buy like the limited run physical copies, which they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally get that. That's that is cool because as we that's cool. It, did, yeah. it didn't happen when Hi-Fi Rush came out on Xbox. There was no physical version, which kind of was weird. But eh, you know, outside of that, I just feel like these are a bunch of non-starters, honestly. So I don't know. Like, what do they expect Pentiment to do? I on, yeah. On those Pentiment really is the biggest head scratcher, especially because of just how. You know, uh, I'm not the biggest advocate for Pentiment in the world. I think it's a really interesting experience, but it's a, it's, you know, it's still hard for me to figure out who that game was actually for to begin with, you know? And so, yeah, you're exposing it to a new audience on two different markets now, but do they like this kind of game anyway? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the, it's a, it's a passion project by one of their veteran developers in there, and he's you know he's done so much for them that it looks like hey we'll we'll, we'll let you make this game. Uh, it was Josh Sawyer, yeah. Uh, but I and I and it's cool, and, and that's why you're backed by Xbox, Microsoft, a lot of money, so you're you're able to do these kind of things, and so that's all fine and dandy. But then releasing this on on PlayStation and expecting more. When you already admitted to your, admitted to us that even Josh Sawyer specifically said, I can't believe that they let me make this game. It's more or less a passion project that I've always wanted to make. And so it just feels like I did it. It's cool. It exists. It's very niche, you know, and now we're releasing it on PlayStation 5, which is cool. I, I, the fact that more people get to play it, whatever. But to your point, a test bed for future uh, third-party games, like uh, what? Like... That's not going to, you're not really, it's not like you're releasing, you know, Gears of War out here and then seeing how that does. It's Pentiment, you know, and again, I like Pentiment. I think Pentiment's a great game. And even I'm like, that's a head scratcher in terms of the comments based on that. And and also to the point where people were making such a big deal about this, the way that these games were, were shown and just kind of thrown out to, to on those consoles is like no big deal. Like, I, I wonder if we didn't know anything about this and these games got announced that how people would actually react like, oh. Oh, I guess that makes sense. You know, type of type of deal. Yeah, but yeah, I was actually going to talk about that in the next part of it, but I think it's fair to talk about that now. Um, I don't know. There was just something about seeing these games shown. Um, 
for PlayStation, and obviously we'll talk about the Nintendo version of it, but it just felt like, oh, this really wasn't a huge deal to begin with. Like, if I didn't know that there was a third-party strategy brewing at, at Xbox, and I saw a trailer for Grounded, you know, on PlayStation 5 or Nintendo, I would have been like, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. but fine. Yeah, okay. You know, and I would have did the, you know, the mental math in my head, like, yeah, it probably didn't do a lot for them. It's probably run its course, you know, but because of all the hoopla surrounding the rumors, it just made everything sound like a bigger deal than what it probably was. And I think to that point, this is kind of like, I tweeted this out on my personal account, kind of want to say it here too. I, I really think that it's time for the Xbox centric community to kind of get over the third party strategy thing now. Like, I think that they have really, they've squeezed the juice completely out of the topic at this point. And I just feel like people are talking in circles now. All these yeah. Xbox podcasts that you see, it's all just a panel of the same people saying the same things right now. Yes, you're concerned. You don't know if something's going to be, if this is going to lead to more games coming to other platforms in the future. Or we have the camp that says, nope, nothing to worry about. I trust Phil. It's just kind of becoming cyclical at this point, and I just want people to kind of make your peace about it however you have to and move forward. If you don't want to be a part of Xbox anymore because of this, that's totally fine. I don't need you telling me that 85 times a day, you know? And 75 different ways. Yeah. On every, you know, there's panelists that come on different podcasts and, you know, there's a, there's a big circle of, of the same characters on every podcast. They, 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 all, they all come on each other's shows. And they're all just saying the same shit now, you know, oh, fill this, fill that. Oh, you know, what about the future? What about Gears? What about Halo? I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, again, this is where I just urge people to turn off your business brain and, and be a consumer again and, and figure out what makes the most sense to you as a consumer. If you still feel comfortable spending your money on the Xbox ecosystem and their subscription services and their consoles then awesome. But if you're if you're skittish now, if you're scared, if you're angry or whatever, then move away. Go someplace else. But it's time to just stop blabbering about it, dude. Do you feel the same way? Are you kind of exhausted from it too? I, I'm absolutely exhausted because it, there, there's so many people out there who at this point, you know, after seeing the way that these games are announced, are not just uh, simply manufacturing uh, outrage in ways yeah. that uh, that just don't make no sense. And then other people who were just completely outraged now trying to pretend like they were always cool about it. Like it's, it's just this, this weird uh, thing, especially within the Xbox community uh, that they're, they're the ones that are making the biggest deal about this one way or the other. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Look at the games that came out. The coolest thing to come out of this is that Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush are getting limited run releases of, uh, on physical discs. That's the coolest yeah. thing that came out of it. In fact, I think that's almost worth it. Like, that's a fair trade-off. The <laughs> fact that we now are able to get these games on a physical yeah. disc, I think that's cool. I honestly do. Uh, but I, 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 I'm, I'm tired of, of the whole situation because what are you, the question is, what the fuck are you going to do about it? If tomorrow they said Gears is coming out on everything, like, just move on, man. Do, 
you claim a lot of these people claim oh i have a playstation 5 it's all good then fine just play it on there or just keep your xbox at, at this point talking about it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense anymore it really doesn't. yeah I just mean, let the things let the chips fall where they where, where they may yeah. and then at that point make your 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 podcast talk about it then and then move on again because at this point we're, you're talking in circles and you're not really saying anything you're not offering any kind of any any kind of new information or, or any kind of new sentiments you're just kind of talking in circles you know you're talking yourself in in into into getting angry about it then talking yourself out of it and then talking yourself right back into yeah. getting angry about it it's ridiculous yeah the, the 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 waffling is getting out of control and people mm. are just becoming way overly sensitive to everything xbox now like i saw people complaining that because they're doing a limited run physical release for pentiment and on the image where it shows the box for PlayStation 5, Switch, and Xbox. The Xbox version is the last one in the back. And people were oh, furious about that. Like, look at you. You can't... You, 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 yeah, you put it right where you are in the console war. Third place. You know, or it's it's like, oh, you know, you're, this is your game. It should be at the front. Like, forgetting the fact that, you know, the big deal about all this is that it's coming to new consoles and it's getting a physical release. It makes sense to put the Switch and the PS5 cases in it's front. You want to sell now. <laughs> because, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just like it's now it's like, well, now I'm just going to be perpetually sensitive about everything you do. And it's just it's 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 annoying me, you know, like I've actually yeah. warmed up yeah. a lot towards Xbox lately after the after the, the you know, the whole business update. I'm not as weary about them as I was leading up to it. Even if things do ultimately become a third-party future, which I think that, you know, it's heading in that direction pretty much anyway. But some people now are just making it impossible to be happy. And I think that's where yeah, it becomes yeah, yeah. obnoxious. Well, I'm I'm just not going to let myself feel good about Xbox again. And I'm going to take every chance I get to let everyone know why. Um, and yeah, that's got to stop at some point. Or or engaging in whataboutisms. It's like, yeah, but, but, but PlayStation just lost $10 billion worth of stock because they were unable to sell. Tw like, okay, what are, what are we talking about yeah. here? Like, what are you getting into the weeds here, my friends? It's yeah. time to just be a gamer for a while. How yeah. about you leave the business to the business people that, that get paid the big bucks? You, your job yeah. is not to figure out what Sony's going to do about a $10 billion uh, situation. <laughs> I promise no. you it's not your job. Uh, yeah. Good grief. Uh, matter of fact, get a fucking job. I mean, at this point, like you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, man, uh, that's gonna do it on my side. But we have uh, more to talk about here for the news. Why don't you go ahead and uh, give us the next thing here? Yeah. Well, Nintendo finally uh, released their uh, direct. It is a partner direct, which uh, was a rumor, and uh, they announced some stuff. You know, uh, we'll talk about how we felt about this entire direct towards the end of this, but let's get into exactly what they showed. Uh, we'll start off with what we were talking about just now. That's Grounded and Pentiment. Grounded uh, launched April 16th, uh, and Pentiment is, sorry, Grounded is launching on April 16th, and Pentiment is available right now for you guys to play. Uh, I like that they kind of focused on Grounded when they showed it, because that always seemed to me like a Nintendo ass game anyway. Yeah. It's it, it, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids vibes. So I do, I do like that. And Pentiment was shown on a fucking sizzle reel, which was crazy because <laughs> I thought that Nintendo would really be like, you know, 
would love to show that. Um, anything about these two games? Yeah, you know, I alluded to, I alluded to it a moment ago, but when I when they started off with Grounded, and it, you know, you hear the direct music, and you hear the guy, the same voice, and he's just talking about Grounded. I was like, yeah, this isn't a big deal, man. Like, yeah, just it yeah. kind of fits. Now, I will say, game looks ugly as sin on the Switch. Ugly dude. as hell. It boy. is ugly. It is bad, and uh, that's unfortunate because you know concessions you know it, it just it sucks to see that i'm hoping that these games you know for the you know to put them on the switch and you got probably another year to go before the switch to maybe a little longer it just feels like a waste to throw it on the switch platform right now and you could have held it yeah. for the next console and it could have been in better looking shape but you know look it's got cross-platform stuff to kind of you know in, in, increase the player base which is cool again i just don't think these games are going to be real big needle movers uh, even on Nintendo, but you know it's cool to see, think, and I could be wrong. Yeah, I think Grounded might. I think Grounded has potential to really be a big deal on Nintendo. And when I say a big deal, I just mean like it, it would, it would, it would make grow the game a little bit, play, grow the player base uh, uh, in a significant enough way to where they would be. Oh, hey, all these welcome, all these new players. You know, five million, six million more players on on, on grounded whatnot. Because I think that that just kind of speaks to the Nintendo people. That game, you see that game, and that game's like, oh, this is like a Nintendo ass game. Pentiment is always going to be an incredibly hard sell. Um, always and even playing that game it's like I, this is this is i don't i don't know who this game was for ever i'm glad it exists because i love when people do the shit they're passionate about it only took 13 people to make it it didn't hurt any other projects according to them so it's cool that they're able to the artists are able to express themselves and this is one of those things for sure Man, it's like the, um, the damn nilla wafer of video games bro <laughs> it's like i get why I, I it exists game, and people got a palette for it but it's still a nilla wafer bro but you know i'll hey. tell you man that, that game goes places towards the end that is like, oh i know holy yeah shit. i got yeah i, yeah, yeah. I saw it, what, it, what it does it's it is it is yeah. interesting but yeah ooh it is a it put me to sleep a couple times bro i ain't gonna lie <laughs> no for sure for sure uh what's have you ever fell asleep while playing a game i have one i game. did one time i think it was like i was playing a final fantasy i don't remember which one it was but it was like i woke up and you know the idle screen uh or the idle animation <laughs> of just standing there and like folding arms kind of deal but i don't remember what game it was but it happened one time i only dozed off yeah. for a little while though i like i didn't i wasn't out till the following morning usually i games right, right. kind of wake no, me no, back no, no, up no. again nine times out of ten but if i'm really tired yeah it's it's i'm out yeah i'm gone la nor put me to sleep a whole bunch of times i would just sit i would just sit there and i would just doze off head down and then i would w open my eyes and and the guy uh you're trying to decipher whether he's lying and the guy's been making faces the for like 20 minutes like yeah hmm, am i lying i don't know i don't know if i'm lying Those, uh, uh, that, but that that's definitely a game that i like i love that i love that game until the third act Shit, but man there's stupid. some moments in that game where i was like sleepy yeah I, I didn't all right like and it. then do you like it? No, no I, I like that until the third act. Third, third act is abysmal. But anyway, uh, moving on here. Uh, they, th by the way, this is an all in order. We're just kind of uh, rattling off the games here. Yeah. Uh, next game shown, or the next game we talked about is Unicorn Overload. Gets a new trailer with a demo that's available out now. The full game releases March 8th. This is from the developers of 13 Sentinels, which is a, a game that I know a lot of people loved in terms of the narrative and kind of like just uh, the turn-based RPG of it all. I think this game looks super interesting. I, I downloaded the demo to check it out. I do think that this is one. Of, it's going to be one of those games that people talk about throughout the year. Uh, this 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 uh, team does 
really good shit the the pedigree uh, uh, of the developer is is you know is is on full board here i think that they're yeah, yeah they're, they're showing a lot of good the game looks awesome honestly uh so we'll see how it pans out i'll be playing that and if it's anything significant i'll talk about it on next week's show but uh and then yeah oh my bad my bad bro my brother i know I, I yeah what's up what do you got for me hey yo fuck this game and fuck this developer <laughs> how about this listen i'm gonna oh, go on a rant yeah i know here we go. Fuck Vanillaware. Fuck 13 Sentinels and this game too. I don't support shit that they do. Here's why. This is the most creepy fucking studio I've ever seen, bro. 13 Sentinels is fucking yeah, nasty. I, I don't want to hear you people out there who, who encouraged everybody to buy that game. I was one of those people that took y'all's advice. And I bought that bullshit and I had to watch them designed a bunch of kid-looking characters that they tried to make nude and, and you know, putting them in the, these mechs naked and shit, and then trying to do that same thing that every anime does where, you know, oh, they're not really a kid. They're 4,000 years old because, or they're clones, so they're technically not the age they look. Just so people have the fucking license to creep on the fact that these kids look like kids. They wear skimpy skirts. They've got, they, they had their little fucking glowy tattoo things. One, one girl had it under her skirt on her, like, upper fucking thigh it was nasty you fucking and they people. get into and they get into the into their necks like on all like, oh god they're bent style. over and you know they, they, they're like perking out a little bit it's fucking it's nasty the people that like this type of bullshit can kick rocks everybody that that oh well the story is so fucking interesting yeah but you, why are you really why do you really like this game this is one of those games where it's like the people that like this shit i hate to i hate to be that way but it's like what are you really here for? Because some of this stuff is is borderline nasty and gross. I don't want to say the, the word that I would accuse them of being, but this is not normal, right? And a lot of anime stuff and Japanese stuff, I know that they kind of, they, they toe that line a little bit with how they design certain characters and stuff. And a lot of it is just like that, you know, the wink and nudge thing where, you know, we know that there's people who like this kind of flat chested looking character that looks like a high schooler, right? Eh, fuck all that. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure this game might be cool. They don't make technically bad games, but I can't support developers that do that kind of shit. It's, it's, it's nasty. It's nasty. So, eh, eh, eh. sorry. That was a rant. Didn't expect to go there, but I didn't know that was Vanillaware until you just said that, and that triggered oh. me. So, yeah. Okay. Can't do it. Damn, you threw me under the bus, bro. <laughs> I thought the game was dope. Yeah. No, I'm not fucking with that. Uh, yeah, that's that whole um, lolly thing that they do in the anime. It's called lolly, where it's like uh, yeah. they, they look kind of childish. Like, But, I mean, I don't know. I get what you're saying, but, I mean, Stellar Blade has a lot of that going for it yeah, as well. Nobody you know, looks 14 years old in that game, though. Uh, her face is pretty young nah, looking, though. Nah, not, nothing like that, dude. Uh, no way. Well, they were they were actual high school kids, or they played high school kids in in Thirteen Sentinels. So like they were, they were technically children, even though the, there's a story reason for it, which you know that doesn't really matter in terms of like it, it was it. That was one of the things about that game that I always was like, especially when they start getting into the mech. But I don't know if if, if Unicorn Overlord uh, Overload has any of that I kind of not, stuff, but. but. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, at least from what I've seen, uh, and uh, you know, I've looked up some stuff here because I mean, if it's the same kind of shit, I, I I will be skipping it as well. But I looked up. Um, I did forget a little bit about the stuff with Thirteen Sentinels, though. I, I, I will admit. Uh, but fuck you! I want to play that game. <laughs> uh, now moving on here. Uh, Disney's epic 
Mickey Rebrush was announced. Uh, it's a remake of the 2011 epic Mickey. It's coming this year. I saw some of the side by side comparisons. It's, I, I mean, I, I, it's not a remake, but it might as well look like one because it looks fucking great comparatively speaking. Uh, I was watching the direct with my son, and he's into Mickey these days, and it's the one game through the whole direct that he actually went, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I, I, it looks super. Uh, it's super interesting. I, 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 I've always thought this game was a little underrated. Uh, I know when it came out, I know that uh, it, it had a lot of potential. Um, I don't know if they're going to do any kind of mechanical changes to kind of the way that Mickey, uh, you know, the, the, how the platforming is. Uh, but I always thought this game was super interesting. And I'm actually looking forward to see how it turns out. I, it's definitely a game that I would want to play and maybe have my son watch play because he, he was all about it. I, I actually replayed the trailer for him a couple of times and he was engaged. He loves Mickey. But it looked really cool. Uh, anything for do anything for you? Hey, yo, fuck Mickey. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Mickey is nasty. He never wears no T-shirt. Hey, that's exactly right. Um, no, look. Um, <laughs> this gonna be fun. <laughs> I um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if this would be the platform that I would play this. It is coming to PS5 and Xbox and PC. Um, I think you know if it is more of like a up res or remaster type of project. I don't know if I want to do that on the Switch, which is going to come with concessions. I do this. So, this on the Switch, but you know, yeah. I mean, I think it looks pretty interesting. Um, I think it, it 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 launched on the Wii, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, 2011. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think they can definitely do a lot more there visually, um, and because it's got the Disney license, it's got Mickey Mouse on the front. I think it's going to sell really well. But, you know, it's not really for me. And yeah. my daughter doesn't like Mickey Mouse either, so I don't think we're going to rock with that. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, I think what really got to me was the was the was how much of a kind of like a upgrade that the game oh, yeah, actually yeah. was. So, yeah, I was pretty impressed by that. Uh, real quick, we keep talking about Nintendo the Switch and, and, and how bad some of the games are or in terms of how they look. It's an aging console. The rumor is, just to go back to, to the top here, the rumor is about Hi-Fi Rush is that it is going to release on the Switch, but it's going to release on the Switch 2, and that there was a Switch yeah. version that got canceled because I just it doesn't look like it was uh, uh, running well. And 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 back to Epic Mickey, I knew I knew I knew I was thinking about it. There was something about Epic Mickey that was kind of like shocking to me when it first came out, and I was wondering what it was, and that's because fucking Warren Spector is the director of that game. Mm. Uh, so like you know this is That's this is weird. the guy that yeah this is the guy that that kind of really revolutionized what the uh how, how do you call those games uh the oh, man I, I always do this deus ex he's the, the guy behind deus ex mm. so like you know the 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 immersive sim this is the guy that he, he's like the the guy that really made those games amazing and here he is making uh epic mickey that's that's the point that i wanted to make i was like man there's something that was about this game that was like like shocking but yeah um we'll see how that turns out when it comes out next game here is shin megami tensei 5 vengeance uh new storyline 40 plus new demons 160 hours of content throughout it's also coming out on xbox playstation and pc this was originally a switch exclusive Everything that I saw in terms of visually looked really cool. I, I like the fact that basically the, the story of the game is the same up to the halfway point, and then it verges between the Vengeance storyline and the regular storyline. I love that these these uh, these uh, Atlas RPGs, the Shin Megami ones and, and the Personas, every time they have a new version of the game, it's not just 
uh, an up up res or, or more stuff. It's more story. Yeah, 160 hours is crazy, ho. And and I know this is a game that's very difficult. The game that is is known for it being very challenging. But I will say, man, this this looked really good. I, I probably I won't play it, but it you know if 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 it's that good, if it, that essential of an RPG, especially with Vengeance, like 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 Royale was for Persona Five, you know you never know. I might I might give it a go. But what did you think? I know that you played it. it yeah. It's a game that you kind of fell off a little bit from from it. Uh, did, did 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 do anything for you at all? Is this something like oh shit? Like I'm gonna go back to it. Um, it looked really good. Um, but. Unfortunately, I just think that that SMT games compared to Persona are very, very light on the narrative side. Um, And so, therefore, it's not a very interesting game to play for the story. Um, It really is kind of like it's their version of like hardcore mode when it comes to the persona formula. So it's a very challenging series. It's really, really tough to play even on like the, the base difficulty. So it's not a really good game to play. If you think, Oh, I I like persona games. This, this could be an easy transition. Like you'll be familiar about some things, but you're going to get your ass whooped a lot. So it's almost like a souls type of difficulty spike uh, in that sense. But um, I do like what they're doing. I think that for the fans of this game and the series, they're going to eat this up and it's going to be a really, really fun time for them. Unfortunately for me, I think just due to the difficulty really turning me off back when I first played the base game on Switch, I don't think I'm going to come back to it. Now, if they do something cool and it ends up on Game Pass someday or something like that, which I think I I, I wish they would have done that opposed to giving Nintendo kind of the the marketing nod here instead, uh, then I could see like, oh, wow, this could be interesting. But um, otherwise, I think this is a pass for me, but I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it's there for the fans for sure. Yeah, uh, hopefully it does come out on Game Pass, and I and, and I hope there's some kind of they didn't mention it, and they would have some kind of uh, settings for uh, you know make it easy mode or something because I I'd love to like kind of get through the game and see exactly what it has to offer. But it, I heard people were playing ten hours and running into the the boss at that point and just being completely obliterated and it's, just not ever crazy. going back. Crazy, it. yeah. It's it's not for the faint at heart at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up here on the docket is Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection, the remastered version of both of the original Battlefront games coming out March 14th of this year. I think this looked really, really dope. Um, those games are especially Battlefront games, especially Battlefront 2. One of my favorite kind of like, uh, you, you know, multiplayer games. The original games are, are, are games that I don't have a lot of like a. Uh, uh, experience with, but I thought it looked really cool. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, it looked cool. Um, uh, I, I, fun fact: I never played either Battlefront games before. Um, oh, shit. never touched them. Um, so you know, I, I don't, I don't have a point of reference as far as how fun they were. I only go by word of mouth, and people really loved those those games. Um, so I'm glad for them. Um, little weary that it's Aspire that's doing these. They've had a pretty checkered track record when it comes to like KOTOR 2 um, and a lot, you know, obviously they were supposed to do the KOTOR remake and we know how bad that's going. So hopefully they don't figure out a way to screw this up and uh, they actually put together a pretty good version of this that will make people who enjoy the old Battlefront games give them a good reason to come back and have some fun. You have a little bit of a point of reference because it is a lot like uh, like, uh, Battlefront. In that sense, uh, a little bit. Wait, uh, we, what do you mean? It's Battlefront's like Battlefront. Uh, uh, it's like uh, not uh, Battlefield. Sorry. Oh, Battlefield. Got it. Yeah, it, it put in third person. That, that's like the primary way of, of playing the game in third person. But it, it it's a lot more like 
those kinds of games mm-hmm. than, than any other multiplayer shooter. So yeah, in terms of like objective base and, and, and that stuff, I think it does a lot of that. So you have a little bit of reference for it. I, I think it'd be fun to play. Uh, but, you know, it, again, this, this year is going to be crazy. This first half of the year is going to be insane. March is already pretty booked, you know. So yeah, that's true. probably not something that we'll pick up. But I'm, I'm glad that it exists. Uh, we'll kind of go through this real, this one real quick. Penny's Big Breakaway trailer. I think it was Shadow Drop. I'm, I can't confirm that, but I wasn't expecting it, and it's a game I had my eye on, and I didn't even know it was coming out. So any, th- any takeaways on that? Not really. It wasn't a game that was on my radar to begin with, but you know, hopefully people yeah. enjoy it more than you were able to get out of it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, good that it's out, but yeah, kind of disappointing that it didn't do it for you. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, Pepper Grinder. Uh, demo is out now. Comes out March twenty eighth. It's an indie title that I uh, recently became aware of, and I was glad to see it here on the direct. It's kind of like this two uh, D platformer with the mechanic of of having like this this uh, like this drill on on the character's head, and and you can actually drill through the world, come out the other end, and and and, and it, it looks really cool. It looks like really like a fast paced, intuitive uh, action uh, orientated two uh, D platform. And it, it looks dope. Uh, I'm gonna play the, the demo out. Can't so I'll, I'll, I'll report on that if it's significant enough to, to talk about. But it was awesome. Uh, can't wait for that. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I like the art style a lot. Uh, looked really cool. A um, little bit of some Zelda flavor in there with some of the imagery yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of the Steam World Dig flavor with the actual drilling through uh, as part of the platforming. I'm not sure this is a game that's gonna really speak to me uh, personally. Um, I think my days of 2D games are kind of kind of passing me by a little bit here uh although i did like steam world dig one and two a lot steam world dig two is one of my favorite games of all time uh it's an awesome game yeah but you know i don't think this is really going to do it for me uh just it's kind of in that indie realm that doesn't really resonate with me very much but hey it looks cool and i hope it reviews very well yeah uh and then uh they announced some uh games that are coming to the uh nintendo uh online uh so it's a uh, rare uh rare games killer instinct uh battle told in battle maniacs rc pro uh pro-am and snake battle and roll Rattle and roll right so is there another i thought there's a game missing here i think that was it i grab uh, no there, there's one more there it's uh blaster master oh is that yeah how could we forget uh, <laughs> how can we forget Master Master? And they're treating that shit like a fucking the jewel because it, it's the only game you, you can only get it if you have the very expensive oh, okay. uh, Nintendo Online uh, uh, thing. Any any of these yeah. games do anything for you? No, I mean, it's cool to see Killer Instinct come back to Nintendo again. I think that's cool. A uh, little bit of a secret fifth game from Xbox, I guess, technically speaking, right? But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, still yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, Phil slipped one in there. It's all good, though. We'll get over it. Uh, but it does make sense. It is, a, you know, it's part of the, the legacy of Nintendo, uh, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think my stance on Nintendo Switch Online games uh, really hasn't changed too much. It just feels like too little, and now it's too little too late. Um, and so unless this is all coming over to the Switch 2 as part of the, you know, the digital library of classics over there, it- then... I don't really care. It has to. If you're this late in the game and you're still releasing games uh, on this platform and you're still charging people and you're still trying to get subscri- uh, subscribers to come onto this uh, onto the service, 
to me this kind of just shows that it has this has to translate over to the switch it better now it it's nintendo and nintendo be doing some weird shit but just the simple fact that they're still trying to get people to to subscribe to the service this has to be a carryover like nintendo can't fucking (laughs) do this uh, do this again they can't just they can't have like this really cool uh place where you can play these old games and then the new system comes out and all those games just go to die that's insane and even for nintendo at this point yeah well, and they closed out the the show with the remake of Ocarina of Time. Nope, just <laughs> kidding, guys. I, told, I don't know why uh, you always set yourself up for failure, bro. You always do. No, that. I, I didn't. I didn't. Th- I didn't think that at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, that it's a. It's first of all, it's a Nintendo partner direct, and I, really, honestly, you want to you want to know what I thought was gonna was gonna end the show was gonna be your beloved Silk Song. I thought that was gonna be the thing that Uh-oh. comes out and be like because it's partner direct. That 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 game is. You know, I don't that it's supposed to come out this year. I don't know, it's supposed to come out last year. So I thought it was gonna be like when they said we have two more things to show you, and then they showed this. I'm like, okay, they got the Nintendo shit out the way. So this next game's gotta be and it was, you know, the highly anticipated <laughs> endless ocean luminous new uh new regions with five hundred species to discover, heavy multiplayer focus, launches on May second, twenty twenty-four. I know people who are obsessed with the with Endless Ocean on the Wii. Uh, it was like I have a friend of mine who that's the only game he played on the Wii, and he played and he kept the Wii for years to play the game. This guy's a, like this guy's like a fisherman. He likes to fish. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. and, and so like this is like it was like a an extended version mm. of that when he was home. Uh, so I'm sure he's he's like super excited about this. I haven't spoken to him about it, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's a partner direct and I know you're not going to get like the the Nintendo first party games but uh, I mean I almost feel like you could have put like Epic Mickey in, in this in this slide and it would be more sense or, or even the, the grounded announcement uh, it, the fact that such a niche title was treated like the one more thing is fucking insane. <laughs> I just was like, it's, I, 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 I thought that something happened with my feed and it, it, it reverted back to, to another announcement that I might have missed. What do you think about the fact that Endless Ocean Luminous ended the, 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 the part of Direct, the first Nintendo Direct of 2024? I wish I could say I'm like surprised, but Nintendo is so <laughs> weird and whacked out that it makes sense in a weird Nintendo-ass way. You know, like... I will say, you know, I never played any of the other games before, so I have no point of reference at all. But I'm all for, like, the chill, let me just kind of swim around, explore, observe. Oh, cool, that's that. All right, let's do this together. and Just kind of, you know, have that unwind kind of game. So I I think it's interesting from that perspective. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. why it's the last thing they showed as if there's been, like, some outcry of, please bring it back. Like, I've never seen that anywhere in any place I hear video game conversations happen. So it was almost like a a surprise for people that never asked for it kind of thing. Um, So cool that it's there. Um, And I think the other part of it for me is like, it's getting to a point now where with these announcements where it's like, I I want you to stop making games for the switch. Now I want you like, because part of the, the, I would imagine part of the fun of discovering all these species of fish and, you know, these these whimsical, majestic creatures under the deepest depths is kind of to marvel at the beauty of it all. How really can you do that on 
this old decrepit ass hardware now. So it's like that's exactly what I was my point. I was going to bring up why just why not just wait, just wait. Like you took let let the, the thought su- right out of my let head. It, let the switch die. I mean, you have enough games now that just. They, they sell in perpetuity. You're never going to run out of people that want to buy Mario Kart. You're never going to run out of people that are going to want to buy Mario or Zelda. Like, at this point, just pull everything off of this hardware and make it for the Switch 2, fam. Like, stop. Oh. I, I Yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand it closing the show. That's all been covered. But I don't understand why even do this for the Switch. Like you said, like over 500 species to discover what? We're going to see two fish on screen at a time? Well, it's going to take me like seven <laughs> years to beat this goddamn game. See all those 500 going to be all blocky and, and like blurry somebody, looking. So, like, uh. Somebody said on a Nintendo announced uh, uh, Endless Ocean Luminous and it's like a blurry picture of a flounder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it, you know, I... It's a it's a dated system. They know it's dated. They have another console coming out. There's rumors that it got delayed. That's disappointing. I know that they have to keep making games to keep release to keep you know the the flow of money coming in. I get all that, uh, but man, some of these games like again, I know it's not a big game, but Endless Ocean that would benefit from some some beefy hardware, you know, and 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 the fact that that's not the case here, they're going to get a. a, a a, a lesser version of this game that I'm sure we'll probably get some kind of upgrade for 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 uh, for the Switch too. But it is what it is. So there's a lot a lot of games out here that we didn't mention. Um, a lot of fluff, a lot of filler, a lot of nonsense. A lot of games that you might like that we we just are not a fan of that we're not going to talk about on the show ever. So we 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 took those games out. But overall, Marco, what did you think of Nintendo Partner Direct? What grade would you give it? Uh, it's going to get a D from me. Um, Mm -hmm. anytime I hear partner direct immediately, I know lower your expectations down to the bare minimum because that's probably all you're going to get. Um, you know, when it comes to like meaningful third party stuff from actual partners, that typically is the kind of stuff you'll see from an official mainline Nintendo direct. So I already knew it wasn't going to be shit. Um, this was just exceptionally not shit. Um, and I think that's that's kind of where the frustration comes in. Like it feels like they're just pushing the car at this point with the Nintendo Switch um, and announcing things that just really have no value. You know, we talk about a lot of these games, or oh, not a lot, but some of the games that were announced that are getting PS5 and Xbox versions or PC versions that are just better off being played elsewhere. You know, um, and and that's just the reality of the situation at this point. And I think that at, at some point in time. Uh, Nintendo is going to have to kind of call off the hounds and tell their quote-unquote partners that it's probably just better to wait at this, st- at this stage of the game. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be backwards compatibility so that you will be able to play, you know, Pepper Grinder on the Switch 2. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying right. that that's a waste of time, but I just think that a lot of this is feeling a bit silly at this point. And it was just a silly, silly showcase that was trying to hype up a console that is clearly on its way out the door. And I think it's weird. But it's also weird because of the simple fact that they are launching Mother 3 or or here Earthbound 3 uh, in Japan only, which is a game 
that people are actually been clamoring for for a long time. They have uh, Ease uh, 10 Nordics that they released a demo uh, a trailer last week, which is a highly anticipated action RPG that a lot of people want to play yeah. and that they didn't show here. Picross S Plus, which is uh, a very po- popular puzzle game that is coming out this year, finally gets released after the show and in some kind of throwaway way, throwaway kind of way. It's like they have things that they can announce that are smaller in nature from partners that aren't going to move the needle one way or the other, but are interesting. But yet they decide to show a whole bunch of nonsense. So I don't know. It's it's super weird because, uh, like you said, it's you're not going to expect much from a, uh, much from a partner direct, but. They really didn't show jack shit here. Um, actually, I, I'm going D minus for for myself. Damn. I just, you know, it's just it, there's nothing about it was interesting. I, I there not a single game on here was a must play for me. There's certainly some interesting things on here like we already covered, but nothing where I'm like I have to play that day one. And mm-hmm. you know that's unfortunate because at the very least, when you see these partner directs, there's at least one game that sticks out, and you're like, holy shit, I have to play that. And there's none of that here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But that that about does it here for uh, for loadouts. You got anything else? No, no. I just think the last thing I'd say is I think that because we got a partner direct, I think that to me kind of confirms that a lot of the delayed Switch 2 things are probably true. Because um, I would I would have expected this to be well, like a more meaningful, like, hey, this is coming kind of yeah. deal. Um, but beforehand, I think it was Jeff Grubb who said that the reason it was a partner direct was because they were saving a lot of the stuff for the for mid for summer and towards the end of the year when there was going to be a big blowout on on the switch too. Mm. But now those plans have also changed uh, apparently. So I don't know what Nintendo's going to do. They got lo- they got some games coming down the pike for sure. The second half of the year is probably going to be pretty barren. I, I can't I can't see them releasing anything significant just because why would they at this yeah. point? Uh, unless the Switch Two comes out, which doesn't look like that's 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 the case. So uh, yeah, another another console co- this year with, with barely nothing coming out for it. So. Xbox, this is your year, buddy. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, that is going to do it for loadouts. Um, and look, before we keep going, just a friendly reminder to all of you that our show, uh, as you can clearly tell, is not going to be for everybody. We're not for console warriors. We're not for the easily triggered, not for the closed minded. And we're damn sure not for the fans of 13 Sentinels. Um, so look, if you can appreciate all of that, <laughs> you can appreciate all that. And you appreciate podcasts that don't pull punches. Uh, we really encourage you to consider subscribing to us wherever you happen to listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all the same to us. Uh, we're here every single week with our honest takes on all things video games. And we'd love to have you join us. Uh, if not, it's all good. But if yes, you know what to do. And for our longtime listeners, we're still waiting on those uh, five-star reviews, y'all. We're going to keep on asking until you do it. So if, it, if you're sick of hearing it, trust me, I'm sick of saying it. <laughs> so say some nice things about us. It'll make us feel good. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and move on. It's time for the main event of the show. We call that the Checkpoint Chat. Let's get started. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right. So uh, this is going to be a bit of a fun one uh, because, you know, we usually take the gaming community to task for things that they say. It's very seldom that we turn the tables on uh, good old game developers, but we're going to do that right here in our main event of the show because while we always appreciate how hard studios work to make these great games for us, sometimes we got to call out their BS. So (laughs) me and Pablo have each chosen three things that we want 
developers to stop saying. So we're calling this segment Game Devs Stop Lying. All right. So, uh, Pablo, let's go round robin on this one. We each picked three things that we want to stop hearing these devs say to us or imply to us. And uh, I want to give you first dibs here. So tell me one thing that you're kind of sick of hearing developers say and, and what makes it so fraudulent. Yeah, uh, blank game will bridge the gap between video games and film. (laughs) Video games are obsessed with movies. Uh, For a long time, many prolific, and even still, many prolific directors, game directors, want to find ways to make games more like films. A notion I never understood, games are an interactive medium. And bridging that gap, I mean, I don't understand what's left. I mean, you have Quantum Break that had a literal TV show smack dab between each level. You had Alan Wake 2, very cinematic, very film-like. And I never once thought while playing those games, whoa, I'm playing a film. I'm playing a movie. Those, I never, that doesn't mean anything to me. When a game dev tells me we're bridging the gap between video games and film, it means absolutely nothing actually what it means is our game is going to have a shit ton of cutscenes. that's that's kind of what, what what they're saying it's 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 a thing that they people love to say and it means absolutely nothing you know it, 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 it there's nothing about that statement that makes me think of your game in any different any differently because i've never wanted to play a game and made it feel like a movie and i never see the movie and wished it was a game in terms of like i wish i could do something with this and 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 move the Leonardo dicaprio over here to the left <laughs> instead of him going to the right it, it, it's it's nonsense it, it it sounds cool it sounds like oh they're blurring the lines but there is no lines to blur it's it's like saying we're bridging the gap between an apple and a lime who gives a fuck that's two different it's two different fruits <laughs> it's not it, nobody wants that you know it's nonsense it's pub it's publishers, devs, just just trying to stand out it, when they're when they're promoting their game. It's ridiculous. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I'm a sucker for this type of shit. <laughs> I, lo- yeah, I, I love it. I love it because I have seen instances where it actually is cool. Like you made a couple of examples of Quantum Break, which I think is a great example of how to do it right. Alan Wake Two infuses a lot of FMV stuff into the game. Even games like Immortality, which came out a couple years ago, which was pretty much entirely FMV related, but they integrated a lot of game elements to kind of like dissect like real action scenes that happened to kind of figure out the mystery of what was going on. I ate that shit up, and I was like, "This is really cool. I love how creative this is." So I gotta admit that notion I, is cool. I like it. That notion is cool, but it doesn't bridge the gap. It doesn't make a game a film or a film a game. It ha- it's a game that have it's an interactive medium that has elements of film, but that's always been the case. You know, a lot of mo- games, even back in the day, Metal Gear Solid, the first Metal Gear Solid, it was very cinematic. It, it-, it blurred that line. A lot of people talked about, oh, it's like a movie, but it really isn't, though. You know, and so to to to, to stand and that be your your main focus in terms of pushing the game, it doesn't mean anything to me. It just doesn't. It just feels like, okay, so I guess your game is going to be very cinematic. You know. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is just your way of saying Hideo Kojima is a hoe because he'd be saying this shit a lot. <laughs> oh, but he, he he does. But there's a lot of, yeah. you know, I mean, it's Sam Lakes of the world. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. they, 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 they love, they, they want to they be game dir- movie directors so bad. And I, I would love to see a Sam Lake movie and a Hideo Kojima movie. I'd love to see those disasters. No, I'm kidding. I'd love to <laughs> see those films. But, you know. 
video game is a video game and a film is a film. There is no bridge. There's no gap to bridge. But anyway, how about you? you? What do you got? Do it though. Who know could pull it off? Christopher Nolan. Um, my oh first my god. One. My first yeah. one. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. I want developers to stop telling me that their game is built from the ground up. I am so tired of hearing that because nine times out of 10, it's really not true. Um, Forza Motorsport came out last year, game I really enjoyed for what it was worth. Um, but they, they were lying their asses off about that. Really didn't rebuild anything from the ground up. Very few things were like new. A lot of the tracks, a lot of the things were, were just taken over and up from the last game. And we see this a lot with a lot of EA titles, particularly football games, sports games. They, they always do that. We rebuilt this uh, mechanic from the ground up. And it's like, that is the exact same animation that I've seen for the last 14 years of Madden. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a lot of, oh my God. it's yeah. a lot of, I don't know what they think that they're, that they're triggering in our brains when they say that, because if they're developing a game the way they're supposed to be, then it kind of should be built from the ground up. So why do you feel the need to tell me something that should just kind of come hand in hand with building a new game? You know, like some assets I get, you kind of bring certain things over. You know, when you think about like the Yakuza's of the world, they bring over the city of, uh, you know, the same cities and stuff like that, Kamarocho and whatever. So you get it from that standpoint. But that that's yeah. intentional, you know, like that's they intend to keep you in the same location because it's 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 part of the, 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 the lore of that franchise. Right. But a lot of games that are kind of saying that and it's like kind of a no shit Sherlock kind of thing for me or it's just a flat out lie. So I would prefer if, if they kind of pull that out of any new like, you know, PR buzz term, you know, the, get that out of the vocabulary because I just don't think it's doing what they think it's doing in terms of garnering hype for, for the game because um, it should be kind of a staple in my opinion. Yeah, I... I the problem with this is that sometimes when they say it's built from the ground up, it actually is, but it's a back-end thing. Like, they had to redo the animations on the new engine and stuff that doesn't really mean anything to us because when we see it, it looks exactly the yeah. same. So, they're talking about some technical-ass shit, and then when you when you kind of move that over to the marketing of the game, it, it kind of gives you that false... He's like, it's, this is not made from the ground up, and it probably is. It's just it, it. They made it from the ground up to fit their new game engine, and so like for example, Demon Souls. Demon Souls was made from the ground up, but it has the same animations. The 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 uh, the, the enemy placement is the That's same. That's a great example. The anime, all that stuff is, is 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 exactly the same. It looks incredibly beautiful, but. It it, it 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 when you say ground up, you're like, okay, you're expecting something different, but there's nothing different other than the visual upgrade. But it is built from the ground up because it's a whole new engine. But that stuff is like when you say that, I'm expecting. What happens when you knock something down and you built rebuild it? You know, like it's new, it's different. There's none of that, and so I I I I always see that I'm like, I don't know what this means. That, that's and that's kind of my whole theme for my list is they're pointless things things that they say that they mean to to they want it to mean something but they mean nothing for example my number two now this is more of a um some people have said this but this is more like the, the, a meme uh, in terms of how how people describe games and it's like you see those mountains over there mm. you know that's like 
making their world seem like it's an endless uh, arena of possibility. And that's, and that's never the case. Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild came really close to that. But even then, when you're exploring areas you're technically not supposed to, you're kind of jittering on the side of a mountain, trying to get up th that mountain that you're not supposed to be on. Like You're literally doing something that the game doesn't want you to do in order to get to those mountains over there. Like Forbidden West, another game that's like an expansive world. You can't climb everything, even though she's like a professional climber and can only climb shit that's marked in yellow. Like, you know, it's <laughs> it's this, this, false, uh, <laughs> it's this false promise. I'm so of, I, of Listen, I'm tired of you slandering my girl Aloy like this. You better leave her alone. All right? No, no, no. I mean, look, it nothing to do with her. I mean, she ain't the, she's probably that's probably the best you. example no but that's probably the best example of the compromise of the game looking so beautiful and it being really expansive but the fact that you can do anything go anywhere that is never the case in these games because there are limits there are yeah. barriers there's always that that thing and so when you're trying to make it seem like hey you can go beyond that or that thing back there that you can go there if you want. But if you try, it's a fucking nightmare. It's like, it's, it's like a, a totally impractical way of getting there. You've got to like, yeah. I've done that with Skyrim before. Like I've side scaled mountains. Like this looks so bad, yeah. but I'm, somehow I'm making it up the geometry and it looks okay. It's like, and there's possibilities yeah. Like you're breaking the game. You know, um, I forgot the name of the game that's coming out soon. It's made by Hello Games, the, the people behind No Man's Sky. It's their new oh, game. Oh, the new one? I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Their promise is, like, the whole world is, is like, like one-to-one, -one, real scale. It'll take a long time to climb a mountain. Light no that fire. Kind of stuff. That, light no fire. Yeah, that's the first time that I see that and, and seeing the whole, you see that mountain over there. And I kind of believe it, you know, in terms of how they're trying to shape the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if that game comes out and it's really there's it's not limitless like like they're like promoting it. So it, it's just one of those things where it's like, again, this doesn't mean anything to me. When you say you see those mountains over there, I know that I'm gonna run into an invisible barrier. I mean, it ain't gonna be Final Fantasy 16 where I'm running into a crate that I can't get by. <laughs> but you know, uh, eventually there's gonna be a crate-like thing that's gonna oh. block me from going to that fucking mountain over there. Oh man. I don't know what it is about when you <laughs> you always use a crate as an example. That's hilarious because I know what you mean. Crazy. I know what you mean. It's it's really like oh my god, this is my nemesis. I can't scale this thing. What am I going to do? Uh, he can jump six feet in the air and do a double axle backflip, but he can't <laughs> step over a wooden crate. Not a double axle. Oh my yeah. god! All right. Well, that leads Olympic summer games, man. This is crazy. <laughs> All right. That leads me to my next one, which is also open world related, uh, because this comes out a lot in, uh, you know, a lot of PR lingo. And that is when they say it's a living, breathing world. Um, this one is like nails on a chalkboard to me. It really is, because when you think about open world games or really any game that says this, cause it's, it, this isn't exactly limited to, to just open world games. I want to specify like they literally just said this about Pentiment. Pentiment is not <laughs> a living, breathing world. It is a static one note world. Like it really is. I'm not trying to hate on this game. It probably sounds like I am, but that is not it. And, and even in games that are like bigger and grander and have like more, NPCs going on, you know, doing their thing and stuff. Let's not pretend like we don't see those NPCs doing some derpy shit. Like when I play Yakuza, 
or like, uh, like a dragon now. And I see, you know, like when you see a cutscene trigger, you'll see them like w- walk this way, then suddenly turn around, walk back the other way, or they'll bump into each other and go that way. That is not living or breathing. That is derpy. That is gamey. That is not, that's not what y'all think it is. You know, yeah. um, all the NPCs are the exact same height in Starfield. Every single one. Every single yeah. one. That is not, that's immersion breaking. There's nothing living or breathing about watching people just pace around. So, and, and I get it. Like, that is the best they can do because of the limitations of the CPU sure. and stuff like that. Like, they can't make these these characters all have, li- live their own respective lives when they're out uh, in, in the open. So, I, I don't have high expectations of it. But when they make things sound living and breathing, and then you see the way the game is functioning just as a setting, it's like, it's nothing's really happening here. It's a lot of window dressing. It's a lot of like, you know, it feels like I'm watching animatronics half the time. Like, I'm going to stand behind this hot dog stand and just be here. Yeah, this is living and breathing. Like, it's not. It really isn't. So I think that we really have not seen too many games actually live up to this, um, which is why I've always been an advocate for not every game has to be open world. Like, you can you can trim down the scale have and then you have more room to kind of play around with the characters that are in your your purview maybe you do see them go cert, go do certain things it's not like a stilted starfield kind of effect of you know my, my companion is on my ship with me and she's just kind of walking around and decides to sit down and stare off into the <laughs> blankly into the distance that thousand yard stare it's like oh yeah Living and breathing, Living man. Living and breathing, baby. <laughs> we here, you know. So it's just, uh, yeah. I think that they've they've got to pull back on this one. I think it's getting a little overboard. I mean, uh, an- another pointless you know market market thing where it's like a, a living and breathing world no people walking around the street ain't living or breathing, ain't breathing. you know yeah no, that, that that's a good one um mine is kind of in the same vein my my last one and that's every decision you make will change the world around you in ways you've never experienced before guess what i probably have i probably experienced that before like <laughs> i'm going to bring up a, a game that is beloved Baldur's Gate 3 I've made decisions in that game that have potentially changed the bedrock of the world in which I'm living in. However, I'll pass by a group of of people that I've passed by about 500 times still having the same conversation that we're having 50 hours ago, even though there's a fucking huge brain on the other side of that uh, that bridge (laughs) wreaking havoc. Just living and breathing. That's all. They're just, it's like the changes in the world and all, that stuff is it's it, there's nothing that I've ever seen that has completely changed the world or in or, or in ways that I've never experienced before. There have been games that have pushed that like Baldur's Gate 3 for sure. But ultimately, the choices you make uh, are always within a they're always canon. There's always uh, there's always a reaction to it. And I've always and if it's never been unique, it's never been like, oh, I've never seen that before. Like Judas is a game that's coming out soon by Ken Levine and this is a thing that he's been talking about. Oh, the the narrative choices you'll make will change the way you think about games. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go on the limb here and it's probably not going to do that. It's probably going to be cool and interesting, you know. There's probably things in like Dishonored 2 that I do that are change that area of 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 the world, but ultimately that entire space doesn't change because of decisions that I make. It's it's a game, there's limitations like Marco said to certain aspects, but the fact that you're telling me that now I'm going to experience something that I've never experienced before based on choices that I've made 
it's it's always a change for the player. It's always a change for me. It's a, it's a it's a it's a different ending. It's something that's different, sure. But in terms of changing the world itself, it's it's never the case. Like again, Baldur's Gate three, the best example of a game that does it the best, still runs into those issues where there's people still living their life and going about it. Their world hasn't changed. The world hasn't changed. Yeah. The, your perspective and things that you've done might have changed some things. The way you look at certain things and look at certain characters, but. It's never been the case where you play a game, you make a choice, and everything is is completely different within the context of what they're trying to tell you. Usually, with open world games, decision based games at that front. But yeah, that that was my my number three. That always annoys me because it's like, I pr- probably not gonna happen. That's probably not not where I'm gonna take away from it. Like I've never made a choice and I've never experienced this before. So, what do you got? I mean, I think I think for that one, a, a lot of that frustration for me is when games do the thing where the choices they give you are kind of in the gray, right? And they want you to have that moral dilemma. Sometimes the good the, the good move isn't always the best move or, you know, something like that. And I think that they think that is a novel approach to player choice that it really isn't because more plenty of games have done that in the past where I thought, oh, this is the Paragon way of doing this this thing. And, oh, wait, this made somebody that I cared about die in my party. Like, I feel like I've run into that. And they, they'll they kind of bill that as, you've never experienced something like that before. Yeah, yeah, I kind of have. Yeah, and, and I think player choice yep. over the years has actually gotten more thin and hollow than it used yep. to be uh, back in the day. Um, so I think, I think that's actually one of the areas of, of game design that's gone backwards. Uh, games like Baldur's Gate 3 obviously are outliers to that. Uh, but you know, it's been a long time since I played a game that really made me feel like my choices were super, super significant in changing the trajectory of the story, the bottom line, the end of the story. Um, and most of the time, a lot of games that do player choice, it's either, like I said, it's either in the gray kind of choices or the choices right. are too on the nose where it's like, this is the good ending and this is the bad ending path. That's one of the reasons why I didn't like Dishonored a lot because it felt like, well, I guess I just shouldn't kill anybody because then I'm just going to have a you know weird direction yeah. that I don't want. So I think, I think player and, choice and look, in general is taking steps backwards, yeah. And look, there are definitely games that things change. Like Dishonored is an example, you know, like the, the world becomes mm. a little darker, a little more rats around the world. But the 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 thing here about that I've never seen that before. I've seen many games, you know, even with with Mass Effect and the Renegade and the Paragon choices. There are some differences when you, as you play Renegade, but those differences are specific to your character and how people react mm-hmm. to him specifically. The world doesn't change, you know, like it's not. And a lot of the other player choices, like, well, if you do take this path, you'll be able to get this item. If you take that path, you will be able to get this item. Like it, it's certain things like that where it's like it's cool. There's definitely changes to the story and endings. All that is is great, but. It changes the world <laughs> in ways that I've never seen before. No, that's never been the case. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nine times out of ten, they overpromise and then it ends up getting scaled down before it comes out anyway. That that's dying Especially light. Especially <laughs> dying light. Oh, dying light. Oh my god, the, the promise yeah. of that game was like it's gonna change. You're gonna there's gonna be places that you can't even go to now because you flooded it or or something. Nope. You know, a choice you made. Nope that that got ripped out of the, uh, the game. Yeah. And Ken Levine is also a huge uh, uh, asshole. Uh, he well yes but he's he's also a guy that does this a lot with the whole kind of like you know the the little sisters it's like it's oh, so that was kill bad. little girl uh. kill little girl don't kill little girl it's like <laughs> decisions decisions yeah all right you know fuck it don't even get me started on peter molyneux the fucking biggest liar oh, of all time he's the mascot of this whole segment right here mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah 
All right, man. Well, my third and final thing I want devs to stop lying about. This isn't an actual quote that they say, but this is a thing that they do a lot, which is uh, when they claim that their CG trailers are an accurate representation of what the game is all about or what the gameplay is all about. Um, a lot of the excuses like this. Well, we understand it was CG, but this really captures the spirit of the game. Uh, I don't know what that means. And I'm sorry, but nine times out of ten, these CG trailers are mostly worthless. They're usually nothing like what the actual gameplay looks like. They're usually over-exaggerated. Um, you know, when PlayStation had their PlayStation Showcase uh, and they were showing off all those live service games, it was like, none of this is going to look like the real thing. I bet you. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's it's just a very distrustful way to approach announcing a new video game you know if you yeah I, i'm i've of the school of thought where if if you don't have actual gameplay to show i really don't think there's any value in in, in showing us what it is right because i mean all you're doing is you're you're kind of spinning people around in circles you're creating you know kind of unfair expectations that we're now going to put on you that the action that you showed us in the CG trailer is going to be just the same as the action you're doing for the real gameplay. And how many times have we ever seen that really work out? So, you know, I just think it's a really weird tactic. I think it's a waste of resources as well. And it ultimately isn't a very informative way of learning what these games are actually Mm -hmm. all about. And so I just don't like when they kind of defend the CG thing because um, I think to me, all that really is, is it's like, hey, we're recruiting for this project. We just can't really say that. So we're going to create a trailer, garner some buzz and try right. to hire for the roles we need to get this game done. Because, um, I mean, you know, you think about it now, it's like, what was the value of seeing that marathon CG trailer at the PlayStation Showcase or whatever that game was? It wasn't Hyenas, but it looked just like it. It was Fair Games or something like that. I don't remember which one yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, Fair Games. Like, yeah, that was what it, was yeah. the value of that? What did I... <laughs> What did I get from that, really? What do I know about the mechanics of the game? What do I know about the gameplay features? What do I know about the modes? What do I know about the animations and the how does shooting feel? I have no point of reference to any of that, yet you want me to be excited because I saw a bunch of like Fortnite-looking characters doing, you know, wearing dumbass masks and, and robbing banks for money. I mean, I'm not picking on just that game. A lot of games do this over the years, but yeah, just yeah. a recent example of like, I don't know what you want me to glean from this. So why yeah. is it here? So yeah, it, it, the the mo- the 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 most egregious one that I can remember is probably Killzone Two. Uh, oh, that was like that yeah, one was that was like pretending it was like really an engine and it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, and that was really bad. Yeah. Uh, the first cyberpunk trailer as well is, but I, this also extends to not only CGI but also vertical slices that they show about certain games. Uh, like, yeah. You know, uh, Watch Dogs comes to mind where the visual fidelity of that did decline, but there was some stuff that they did in that vertical slice that you couldn't do in the game itself, and so mm-hmm. like it, it, it's those, it, you know, those, uh, you're not representing the game accurately. You're definitely trying to get people excited for the game, and, and it sucks. The only time that I'm cool with CGI trailer if it's like an announcement trailer uh you know showing like the the vibe of the game perhaps but you know but when you start showing things that may look like gameplay and you know people are like oh that's what the game is that's when it gets a little bit kind of like come on it's it's a little shady and it's 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 you're definitely trying to sell your game to me and like you said trying to get people to come work for that game and and it's it's lame because then the game the game is going to come out we're going to see what the game is like why why even do this yeah yeah so it's it makes no sense 
but nevertheless, uh, those are the things that we want game developers to stop lying to us about. Um, stop Peter Molyneux. Yes, please. And he needs to he needs to stop trying to make games. By the way, I don't know what he, he's trying. I to, think he did. He's trying to do something else again, but it was like the uh, crypto, like the 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 Web three or whatever that is type of thing. And it's like, yeah. what are you? Yeah, go home, man. Go home. Go go to a world where this man said. That in Fable, an acorn was going to fall on the, right ground, on the ground, and then you could come back to it later, and it was going to be a tree. Full-blown grown. Didn't happen. Fuck out of it. Yeah. But he let us kick some chicken, so that was at least something. But uh, cool. look, man, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, a lot of fun recording that one, but uh, good times were had. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do, uh, do it for us this week. Um, if you enjoyed this, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes. You can also uh, follow us on uh, the social medias at It's Cool Down Time, pretty much wherever you go for social media type stuff. And you can catch us there for some more hot takes and even some spaces on X if you're so inclined to listen in on those. But until next time, that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care. Make me.